This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead, so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef. Hey there, thank you so much for joining me on this edition of The Shalene Show. Today we're going to talk about a subject that is not appropriate to have children listen in on. So, moms and dads, put those earmuffs on the kids or save this one for a time when it's just you because we're going to talk about some pretty sensitive topics. Today's show has the potential to change your child's future. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. I want to start by sharing some pretty startling statistics with you. These are statistics that were released in August of 2018 on childhood obesity in the United States. And it's quite disturbing. The prevalence of childhood obesity in the U.S. has climbed to 19%. It now affects nearly 14 million children and adolescents. Obesity prevalence in children ages two to five, are you ready for this? Almost 14%. I'm not talking about kids that are above their weight, I'm talking obese children. Nearly 20% of children ages six to 11 are obese, and 20, get this, It just keeps climbing. As kids get older, they just keep getting more and more obese. Nearly 21% of children who are ages 12 to 19 are obese. And the worst cases are in low-income households. Why? Processed foods. Now, as sad as this is, as devastating as this is, it's also encouraging. There's good news in this. Why? Because we're talking about children. And that means we can do something about it. And that's what today's show is all about. Let's start with what isn't helpful, what to avoid. Number one is labeling your child or giving them the burden of your own body image, your own body issues, your own negative beliefs about weight. I can't tell you how many times, and I know you've heard this too, and maybe you've even said these things. You'll hear a parent say, well, we're big people or, you know, we are, and then insert the name of your nationality and we eat a lot or we've got big thighs or our family's just known for having big bellies, whatever it is. It's like you're giving your child your beliefs about body image. Like I was thinking about it today. I'm like, you know, body image, right? Like my sister and I, our bodies don't look like anybody's bodies in our family. They don't look like our parents, our aunts, our uncles. And thankfully, no one ever gave us those labels, right? Like, oh, we are people who get big arms or big thighs or big butts, whatever it is. We just weren't given those labels. I mean, we weren't stupid. We could look around and see that the majority of our family dealt with weight and weight issues, but we were never told that that was going to be our destiny. And too often, We set our children up for failure by creating this self-fulfilling prophecy by telling them that they're going to struggle with their weight, by telling them that weight loss is always going to be difficult. You know, in preparation for this podcast, I was looking at YouTube videos on the topic just to see like 
have parents made videos about this or kids made videos about this? Just curious. And I ran across a video, oh God, it was devastating, of this little girl who was on Good Morning America. It was 2012. Forget what her name was. It doesn't matter. Brianna. And her parents had her on there because she had lost 60 pounds. And the parents were both very thin. And this little girl, they sit her down on the couch. I think she's like maybe 11 or 12. And they bring this little girl out on, on national TV and how proud they are that she's lost 60 pounds the right way through exercise and eating healthy. And the parents are both very fit and trim. And I think they always have been. So I don't know how this child was able to gain. They said she was over 100 pounds before she even went to kindergarten. She had, you know, lost 60 pounds over the course of this year. And the dad says, yeah, it hasn't been easy. She's very stubborn. You know, weight is always going to be a struggle for her. (gasps) I just was like, dude, dude, what are you doing, dude? I wanted to punch him in his head. And I shouldn't be so mean, but I get so frustrated. I want to protect children. I know he probably meant well and didn't know the harm that he was doing. But you literally just told your daughter, you are going to struggle with this for the rest of your life. Little girl sitting on the couch in front of all these Americans. You're getting all this praise right now and accolades because you've lost weight. Like, what does that do to her psyche? Like, didn't anybody think about this? Then they go to cut to the mom and they're like, how did you do this, mom? She goes, well, we are on the treadmill every day for an hour and 15 minutes. I don't care what's going on. I don't care come rain or high waters or what we've got going on. It doesn't matter. We are on the treadmill for an hour and 15 minutes. I thought, what? <laughs> I'd love to follow up with this girl and find out how, maybe I will. That would be a very interesting follow-up podcast. I want to say this. I know her parents met well. I know the producers of that morning show meant well, but... I cannot imagine that she got out of that experience unscathed because they placed so much heavy burden on her and they labeled her. And then to think that she had to run on a treadmill for an hour and 15 minutes every day as torture, like that sounds like punishment to me. All right, enough about her. God bless her. I hope that she's really been able to turn things around and she came out of that unscathed and If anybody knows this gal, maybe you could hook me up because I would love to do a follow-up podcast with her and find out how that did affect her. My point is, let's stop thinking about her. Let's think about you. How were you labeled as a child? What labels did you hear? What labels are you passing on to your children? What body issues are you passing on to your children? Even the subtle ones. Like, well, you know, girls in the Johnson family shouldn't wear shorts that short or whatever it is. Like, that sends a message. The next thing you want to avoid doing is labeling food as good or bad, right? And I know your next question, well, then how do I teach my child what is healthy? By talking about what's healthy and what is less than healthy. You know, the one thing I can tell you is that there's definitely DNA involved. And I think every kid's psychology is a little different. And I certainly don't profess to be perfect at this, but I think I grew up in a household where you know, there was such positive role modeling that I didn't end up having a lot of these heavy, heavy relationships, difficult relationships with food that I hear so many of the women that I serve and men that I serve and help do struggle with because of the labels and the way things were positioned for them as children. Like, oh, that's bad food. No, don't eat that. That's bad. So if you're a kid and you eat bad food, doesn't that make you bad? 
right? And if you're eating bad food, then are we giving them guilt for something that it's not that it's bad. You just don't want to have very much of it. I can promise you I'm going to have gummy worms again in my life and I'm going to drink Diet Coke and I'm probably going to have ice cream and potato chips at some point. I'm not going to have it very often because I know how it's going to affect me. I know it's going to affect my brain, but I'm not going to label it as bad. And I never labeled food as bad with our children. We never labeled food as good with our children. We labeled food as healthy and good for you. And this will help you build muscle. This will help you to be healthy. This will help you to be strong. This will help you live longer. Be very careful that you're not labeling food as bad because when a child then eats that food, even if they're sneaking to have it or having it at a friend's house, then they feel that they are bad. Okay, this next one's really huge. Never, ever, 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 never compare your child their body, or their weight to someone else or a sibling or someone on TV or anyone. Never compare your child's body. Trust me, they're doing that themselves, whether we like it or not. It's inevitable. Never tease them. You know, little jokes like, oh, that's our big eater. Oh, you're a piggy. Oh, that's our chunky one. Or that's our skinny one. That's our skinny mini. Like those comments hurt just as much as fat comments hurt. Why? Because every child just wants to be accepted. They just want to be like everyone else. They want to be normal. So when you give them a label, even jokingly, even if the kid's laughing, it hurts and it makes a mark on them. Furthermore, it is equally damaging to stand by and allow your child to be teased by another adult, another parent, or a sibling. Your job as a parent is to protect your child. Those comments were intolerable in our household before they were even comments. We explained to both of our kids, you are never, like we made those words as negative, teasing about body or weight or anything that that person can't help. That's who they are. It doesn't matter even if it's something you feel that they could change. There was to be no teasing or joking or jesting about physical appearance ever. It was not tolerated. And there were heavy consequences. And you know what? It didn't happen. It did not happen. But when parents stand by and let another sibling do that, or an aunt or a grandparent, you're not protecting your child's future because it's going to leave an imprint on their confidence. Don't allow it to happen. My next what not to do is don't make a big deal when you are making subtle changes because hello, You know I'm going to get to this at some point. You're the parent. You're the one buying the food. You're the one that's setting the example in terms of exercise and in terms of lifestyle. So when you decide, okay, I need to clean up my act for my family, and you realize you need to make some big changes, don't make those big changes a big deal. Make them subtle and make them stealthy. The first time I realized, oh my gosh, my kids are eating this sugary cereal, all the time and it's not helping them. It's not making them healthier. It's actually poison. I've got to stop buying the cereal. What did I do? I didn't say, okay, kids, we're not getting the cereal anymore. I didn't take my kids grocery shopping with me. When I came home from the store, I pretended that they didn't sell it anymore. They were out of it. And eventually they forget about it. And eventually I got them to have eggs in the morning. I got them to get off processed 
horrible for you sugary cereal. Parents, sugary cereals are poison. But are you going to jeopardize your child's health simply because you want to save a couple of minutes? I hope not. The next what not to do is not to speak negatively about yourself or about your body image, even making faces and pulling at your clothing and talking about how you don't feel good about your weight or how you've always struggled with your weight or openly talking about dieting and struggling and openly talking about hating exercise. Like whatever it is you say, you're putting those words in your child's head and they're going to play them on loop for the rest of their lives. Speak positively about yourself. Talk about how strong you are, how smart you are, how driven you are, how excited you are about this new journey that you're on to change things in your life, to live longer. Don't say to lose weight. Just don't talk about weight. Everybody already knows. Everybody in social media and on TV, they're all talking about weight. They're hearing it enough. You don't need to talk to them about it. The next thing I want you to avoid doing is policing your children or making judgmental comments. I know that you're going to want to make some changes after listening to today's episode. You're going to want to start buying healthier foods and stop buying some of the stuff that, you know, you're bringing the poison into the house, you are, and now you're expecting your child to have self-control. And I say you, meaning a lot of the audience. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're really struggling with, you've got healthy food and only healthy options, but you have a child that's overeating and doesn't want to exercise and doesn't want to be active and you're doing everything you possibly can and you just want to help your child to be healthy. And it's really, really, really hard not to make these comments when you see them going in for, sure, it's healthy, but they're going in for their fifth bowl of strawberries, which is sugar. And I'm not saying your kids shouldn't have fruit. Of course they should. But, you know, at a certain point, you probably have found yourself saying, okay, do you need that? That's a type of comment I know from hearing from thousands. I personally have heard from thousands and thousands of people who struggle with their weight today. And they remember some of those early comments made by a well-meaning adult. And one of those is, do you really need that? I thought you were trying to lose weight or, well, that's not going to help. Are you sure you need that? Oh, you're going to have more? You can't be hungry. Those comments hurt our kids. And I know it's really frustrating because you're like, well, then what do I say? How do I handle this? Carefully. You know, I can give you a million different scenarios, but every single one of us is in a different situation with a different child. You just have to be careful. In the moment, I would say nothing. I would carefully influence their thinking because remember, they're always listening. And more importantly, they're always watching. So maybe the next time you have a bowl of strawberries, you say to yourself, those are so good. But I notice like when I have strawberries, I usually wait about 20 or 30 minutes because it takes a little bit longer for that food to kind of hit my brain and tell my brain like, okay, you're good. You're not hungry. And then I feel much better. I also notice that, gosh, if I eat too many, it's like all that sugar goes to my brain and then I feel kind of tired or weak. So I always try to remind myself that after a bowl, I should you know, give myself 20 minutes or 30 minutes to figure out if I'm still hungry. Then they're listening. They're paying attention. The next thing I want you to avoid doing is using screen time to babysit your kids or using screen time because that's what all their friends do. 
And you know what I mean by screen time, like whatever, playing their Xbox or on their phones or desktops or laptops or iPads or whatever it is. The more time children spend on their screens, the more depressed they are, the less social they are, the higher the likelihood of suicide. And I don't say that to scare you, but to enlighten you because it's become so normal to just let our kids bring an iPad in the car to dinner, in their bedrooms, at the dinner table. And the more time they spend on their screens, the less time they spend doing activities. Period. We didn't let our kids spend time on their screens, but it's funny, we didn't have to police it because we got them in the habit of doing so many physical things. We were constantly coming up with creative ways for them to use their brains, have fun with their friends, create games, create fun adventures, but they were physical adventures and we had them in a lot of different sports. My belief is that you should have your children in some kind of sport at all times because they need physical activity. The reason why you should have your children doing some type of physical activity is the same reason why I know you have them brush their teeth in the morning because you care about them. You had your children go to the pediatrician when they were young. Maybe you have them go to a yearly checkup. You take them to the doctor. You make sure that their wellness needs are met. But are you really, if you're not making sure that they have physical activity every single day? Do you know that there are only six states in the United States that still require physical education. The rest of them, there is no physical education. And I volunteered at our public schools for many years, helping with the PE classes. And I can tell you, there's not a lot of physical activity going on in all of those classes. And recess, yeah, some kids are physically active, but a lot of them are not. So you've got to make sure for the health and wellness of your child that not only are they getting physical activity, but they see the value of it. They understand how it can help them to deal with their their emotional challenges. It can help them to feel stronger, more empowered, to meet new people, social skills, to do something that helps them to grow. And they will find that thing that they love. And it's okay if after a season of soccer, they don't love soccer, they want to try something else. Great. But have them doing something physical. A little bit of tough love. Like it or not, Your children's health is your responsibility. I know you know that, but their healthy weight is also your responsibility. Like we're buying them the food. We're in charge of their day. We are in charge of deciding how they live their lives, what time they go to bed, what food they eat, how active they are. That's up to us. And we have to stop worrying about being our kids' friends. We have to put our own phones down, our own responsibilities aside and make sure that their needs are met. And I have to say, I want you to know, I understand there are certain situations where you're doing what you believe is right and and maybe you are doing everything right and your child is still struggling to maintain a healthy weight. Well, in that case, it's your responsibility to seek additional help. I'm not suggesting that you have all the answers. I'm suggesting, though, that it's our responsibility to get them, to find them, to seek help. And when we talk about the health of our child, we're also talking about their mental well-being. You and I both know kids are ruthless. They are mean. They are cruel. An overweight kid will tease another overweight kid. So it's not even just about fitting in. It's like even with 25% of the population of children 
at a standard which is considered obese, those children are teasing other children for being obese. Like, it's really a tough way to go. And I know as an adult, you have had experiences likely yourself that have stayed with you for years that hurt, that diminish your confidence, your belief in yourself, your own potential. So even if we're just setting aside the health for a moment, like, don't you want whatever is possible for your child? Like, don't you want all of their dreams to come true? Don't you want them to live a life that is as pain-free as possible? And there's so many things we can't control. But this is one where we do have a lot of influence, an incredible amount that we can change. Moms and dads, it's up to us. We have to do better. Our children deserve the best. I love you. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I really appreciate it. And I promise I'm going to do a follow-up to this episode that is specifically on how to help someone you love other than a child, like maybe a best friend or a spouse or a family member to help them to lose weight. Some of the things that I know are helpful and some of the things that I've learned in the 30 years of doing this that are not helpful. You let me know if that's an episode you'd be interested in hearing. If it is, reach out to me on social media. You know where to find me on Snapchat. I am Shalene Official on Instagram and everywhere else. I'm Shalene Johnson, and I love hearing from you. Let me know specifically by tweeting to me what you loved about this episode. Until we have a chance to spend some more time together again soon, I hope, I just want you to know I really do think you are the bomb.com, and I appreciate you. This edition of The Shalene Show was brought to you by 131 Movement. Stop dieting. Save your brain. Save your gut. Live longer. Feel better. Stop going on a diet or following somebody else's rules and figure out what it means to have your own diet. Figure out a method that actually serves you, that helps you to be a better version of yourself. Let go of all of this craziness and confusion that surrounds diet and understand the science, the science of one, the study of one. Join the 131 movement today. We're taking back the word diet and getting what we are rightfully entitled to, which is our health. You deserve not just to look amazing, but to feel amazing. I'd love for you to learn more about my personal journey and why this is a true passion for me. I invite you to learn more by going to 131movement.com.